Welcome back to the Speakeasy Law Podcast. Welcome back to Speakeasy Law, where we bring in some of our favorite locals and have normal conversations with them about various topics. I'm Casey Byers, and I'm here to help moderate this podcast along with the host of the show, Carmen Delutri. Now, last week I introed Carmen with a really silly bio that he wasn't aware that I was going to read. And I intended to change it up a bit this week. However, I'm going to read the same one again, and in a minute it'll make sense as to why I'm reading the same bio. So Carmen Delutri is the Delutri Law Group staff appointed most interesting attorney in the world. He opened the Delutri Law Group in 1998 and during his 23 years as a business owner and practicing attorney, he's learned many things by trying things that most would consider outside of the box. He's so competitive and committed to winning cases for his clients that he once sued himself just to see who would win. Who won, Carmen? Me. Nice. <laughs> Victory. Right. I got lucky. Carmen, before I, I move <laughs> got on. Got you on an off day. <laughs> before I move on to the next one, do you have anything you want to add? No. Thank you for introduc- uh, introducing us. I want to get right into it today. So, oh, we we got to introduce Tim here. I know. So today we have with our <laughs> with us our guest and fellow professional goofball yes. Tim Hart. I asked him to submit a bio. <laughs> Tim, I correct haven't, me. I haven't, don't tell about it. I haven't heard this. I don't know anything that's coming, but I can just imagine. I don't think it was that bad. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but have you ever heard that bio I just read for Carmen before today? No. Okay. okay. So just for clarification, he's never heard that previous bio. Here is the bio that Tim Hart submitted to me, and I just felt like, you know, they deserve to be together. <laughs> Tim is a fourth-generation Southwest Floridian who was born and raised in Cape Coral. He's married with three kids, and he wants to apologize to all the ladies that are into overweight, balding, middle-aged men since he's taken. If he's not working, Tim is doing whatever his family is doing. That could be boating, baseball, softball, lacrosse, football, watching TV, or just hanging out. He's been in the mortgage business since 2001, so he's seen his ups and downs of the market, which explains his receding hairline. Mm He opened his own mortgage company in 2004 called Heart Mortgage Services, and in 2008, he closed that service um, to open a branch of Van Dyke Mortgage, and he's had that branch ever since in Fort Myers. Damn, he's old. Damn, he's old. (laughs) So that is the entire bio that he submitted. Wait a minute. Tim, would you like to add anything to that? Uh, I don't think so. I I think maybe you missed that uh, I want to put a warning out for any ladies that are into Ah. men like that. So I'm sorry. Taking, yeah, yeah. Well, along those lines, I have a question for you. When you meet, yes, I said that last week. <laughs> oh, you when, did. Casey just unplugged us. No, yeah. she didn't. No, I unplugged Casey's myself. plugging herself back in. Sorry, mine is like I keep hearing myself go in and out. I feel like mine's like not. Do you have you too much? Fine to me. Do you have too much to drink last night? I did not. I did not. We didn't hear that. She said she did. She was drinking coffee. <laughs> she said she did. All right. Okay, Continue. so Tim, I got a question for you. Yes. Now that you're talking about all these women who are possibly missing out on right. you, I got a question for you. When you first <laughs> meet, when you first meet a person of the opposite sex, what's the first thing you notice about them? Is this now or like 20 years? Now. Ago? Now, um, I would probably just their overall appearance, like sloppy or something like that. Oh, really? You yeah. notice? They see, I don't notice. I notice their height. 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 <laughs> because I get freaked out. I work with a lot of women, and sometimes they wear high heels. And sometimes they come in with flats on, and it freaks me out because it's like, Casey, yesterday you were five inches taller. <laughs> and, and it's like, what the heck happened to you? It, it, it's just, it's always freaked me out. I was like, even people you know, like one day they're yeah. 5'10, one yeah. day they're 5'5. Five five. Yeah. And it's like, 
And again, I, obviously, I'm not the most perceptive guy in the world. But when you see a woman, I was like, <laughs> start thinking. You know, I don't talk about haircuts. I've learned my lesson. Yeah. I don't mention their clothes. <laughs> yeah. I've learned my lesson. But when or you freak wait. me out on height, no, I don't go there. Yeah. But when you freak me out on height, it's like, I'm going to ask a question. What the hell happened? <laughs> Why are you four inches taller today? I'm wearing heels. Okay. Right. I'm usually short. Um, well, I'm You're usually, usually short. really short. <laughs> Sometimes, Sometimes I'm less short. Yeah. And says, <laughs> no, because she never wears shoes. Yeah, most of the time in the office, I don't wear shoes. Oh, you go barefoot. Yeah. You are from what? Alba. No, Alba, yeah. I'm from Labelle. She's going on that Terrell. Shoes. Yes. Who had shoes? Does she, like, she like laid uh, dirt down your uh, hallway? Like, <laughs> make you feel at home. Make me feel right at home. <laughs> My little dirt pathway. So, Tim, this is Speakeasy Law. Got to know what are you drinking today? Uh, thanks for having me. It's a, an You're IPA. It's a. It was. She said it's hazy. It's someone local. I think in Cape Coral. I wish I knew the name of it. It's okay, good. but it's a good beer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because we are at the standard. Mm -hmm. Our local hop. Mm -hmm. Casey, you want to introduce mm -hmm. the standard? So the standard is is a local restaurant here. They actually have two locations. One in downtown Fort Myers, but we like to film right here in Page Field. Nice and location. And actually, we're we're thankful they mm -hmm. let us come here for free. Yes. Yes, and they let us take the little corner booth, and they yeah. set us up over here. It's great. So they've if anybody been, who ever wants to come in, you guys. they are very sweet. And if anybody wants to come join us over on the standard uh, Friday afternoons, we do the podcast. You're more than welcome to come watch and enjoy and say you hi. You do this every week? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dude, it's become a ritual. We standardize and process everything. <laughs> we might have to take a little mini break here because Christmas is coming up nah. soon. But other than that, we're here every week. Nice. All right. Does he know about what you're going to do next? Oh, no. not okay. Of course not. But first, we got to cheers this. Okay. Salute. Carmen, what do you got? Bourbon? Uh, yeah. I got a little bourbon. Cheers. They finally started carrying Buffalo Trace here, and I'm a happy guy. Thanks again. All, All right, right, Casey, take it away. <clears throat> Let's get into the heavy stuff first. Okay. We didn't prepare you for this because we kind of hope. No, I'm worried because you're looking right at me. You square up on mm -hmm. me, like shoulders up. <laughs> it's a very important question. Okay. If your pet could talk, what is the one thing they would say about you? <laughs> if I, probably depend on which pet it is. Um, it'd probably be, why don't you, oh, about, what would it say about me? Yeah. Um... You, you don't drop enough food. <laughs> Mine would say you never drop food. <laughs> Mine would say, God, that girl is weird. <laughs> Definitely. Um, all right, another good. This is per right up your alley, so we got to start with this one. What's your favorite pun? Um, I know you I, like the dad jokes. Yeah, mine usually has to be when uh, someone mentions something being intense. I, it, I cannot help myself. I've got to say, like camping. Intense, camping. Oh I, I, I can't. I cannot help myself. It's a natural reaction. <laughs> I wish take, I was better. Sorry, mom. I'm gonna take a pass <laughs> on this one. All right. How do you define success? We'll go with the real question now. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, since I'm a dad, honestly, my success would be, for me personally, mm -hmm. um, that I raise three good kids. You know, that I turn allow them to be. Uh, hardworking, polite, you know, good people. Um, that'd be my, and that I provided, uh, you know, set the example for them would probably be the other thing, you know, to allow them to be that person. That's so awesome. be, being a good dad, a successful dad. What about you, Carmen? What defines success? For me, success is an ongoing process that I'd hope to never achieve. I just want to keep striving toward it. I like it. In all areas of my life, I guess. Yeah, so my area, mine would just be like, once my kids were good, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, you're done. And, it's good. and you're not. You know you're not. Screw off forever. 
Good luck with that. Let me yeah, know how right. it goes. That'll work. Yep. All right. Do one, you guys... one day I hope my wife says, job well done. And <laughs> 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 she says, you're done. You don't need to do anything anymore. I'll be like, success. Yeah. Do you guys want to keep going rapid fire? One or do more. you want to? Okay. One more. Would you rather hear a harsh truth even if it was unflattering? Absolutely. Hey. From who? <laughs> I know. When I read that question, too, I was like, mine would be a, it depends. Yeah. Stranger? Is it a harsh truth that I need to hear, or is it a harsh truth just because you feel like being mean? If it's not something that matters to me and it's not going to help improve my life in any way, um, even if it makes me like self reflect, then I don't need the harsh truth if you're just being mean about it. But if it's something that's going to make me improve myself, then I'd want to know it. I would agree with that. Like I've had people before say, are you open to professional criticism? And I'm like, oh boy. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Like, you know, bring is, it. Is there a difference between professional criticism and uh, constructive criticism or just criticism? Uh, well, it could be either one. Okay. You, you could say the one. Okay. It, it, it just te- set it up so, like, you kind of know it's coming <laughs> and they're coming from it from a place of not being mean. Yes. You yes. know, like, oh, hopefully. To, like, hey, man, you got to stop doing this. And yeah. So, I don't know. It would depend. I'm with you. I'm all about bettering myself, but I, I feel like. Um, you know, living in a world of mean girls, you know, there's a lot of times things are said that there's no point in it being said that you didn't provide any sort of constructive criticism. You're just being right. harsh to be harsh. Well, I like to, and again, along those lines, I, I would take any kind of criticism because I just, I don't care. Sometimes I disregard it. Sometimes I think it's good. Sometimes I think it's bad. I don't care. I just want to hear it. But my, my one thing is that we do ask our clients a lot is, number one, is there anything that you really loved about our service? Is there anything that you didn't like? And is there anything we need to stop doing right now? Right. And yeah. that's a question I ask. And I, I gotta admit, I get some great feedback from our clients when I ask those questions. And it's coming from a place of, I'm asking you to help us get better. And I think they understand that. And that's why they're willing to give it to me. And I have had a few people say, you serious? I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm a business owner. I'm serious. I wanna know what you think. And they're like, wow, okay. Yeah, well, there was this one thing that you know you sent me too, fr- too many freaking emails. Okay. Well, sorry about next that. Next time they say that, you should say, you got a lot of nerve telling me that. <laughs> I just might. I, if it's a good conversation, I just might. That's a great idea, Tim. Thanks. That, that would be down. so funny. Write that one down. You got a lot of nerve. Yeah. <laughs> who do you think, do you, think, do you, think you, are? you are? Coming into my office telling me that. After we just busted our butt for you. <laughs> there that, are some people who I could have done that to. I'm sure there'll be more people you can do that to. I can't wait to hear about those ones. What's the okay. language rules on here, by the way? Uh, we can always edit it, so you just have to say, Tom, cut out the bad word. <laughs> okay, I almost said And one. Tom can make it happen. I'm going to try to avoid it. You know, we use we use certain words. I think we've cussed with, like, damn and stuff like that, but we try to avoid it, but the, I think there's been a few times where, like, you're damn right we can, or hell yeah, yeah like you know, you. but... Try to keep it clean. Yeah. Yep. Um, I got a lot of kids watching this, or listening <laughs> to this. <laughs> So with that being said, okay. um, going back to what Carmen was talking about, that is where some of our best policies and procedures have come from yeah. is that feedback. You know, we ask, yeah, yeah. what did you it. like? What did you not like? If they tell us they like it and we get that a few times, we're going to make sure we never stop doing that. Right. If they tell us it was awful and we hear that a few times, we're going to look at the entire process and policy and see if we need to rewrite the entire structure of it because... Why is it not working? Some things are just not our fault. You know, like some people, they don't like the 341s or the meeting of creditors. Mm -hmm. We can't control that. That's not something that's part of our policy or process. But we can control what happens before the 341s, you know, and they get 
the information there. Anything within our control, we're always looking to make better. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. And again, you know, for our purposes, the whole purpose of this podcast is to make our clients' lives better. So the reason we wanted you to come on the show, Tim, and to really get started into the meat and potatoes of what we're here for today is you've been a mortgage broker forever. I've heard you talk. I've read your information. I've seen your things. You know your stuff. What we want, what we want is for you to give us the lowdown, the insight of what it takes to buy a house in normal times and in these market times. Okay. The difference between the two, what you've seen, like you said, the highs and lows, the ups and downs. So really, we want you to give us the information we need so our clients really make a great decision when it comes to a mortgage, a mortgage broker, a house, what they're looking for, what age or what range they should yeah. be in depending on income expenses, you know, whatever their assets and debts are, and what you look at as a mortgage broker, like the top five things or whatever that you look for in a person who's buying a house, okay? So, do you have a list, do you have an idea? I mean, give us an overall broad stroke of what your industry is like today. Well, first off, I do have a list because Casey, made me send her one okay. so i do well casey and i don't communicate very often so i didn't know that <laughs> no i appreciate it she's like okay i need the five like every email we were going back and forth is fun i'm like um, send me the five tim <laughs> you learned one thing she may be five foot two but she's tenacious hey i've always said you got to go she does an awesome job from day one of the marketing and creativity you do a great job. Thanks, Tim. You do. I'm not saying that because we're sitting beside each other and you may throw your drink in my face. Um, <laughs> He's like, Please. Not to say it's never happened before. <laughs> yeah. But we'll you, you mentioned the mortgage business. So, like, the yeah. one thing to get out of the way real quick is uh, you've been hearing more and more. And I know you guys here, too. Are we in a bubble? Are we got another crash or whatever? And I went, with, I went through that. So did you. Um, been in business since 2001 and went through that crash, that mortgage meltdown. And there's a massive difference from right now to when everything crashed. And that is the one of the massive differences is the mortgages have been written, right? So like ever since 2008, 2009, a lot of laws, a lot of yes. uh, lending policies have been put in place. You can't, you know, doing an adjustable rate mortgage of the negative amortization loans, uh, the amount of mortgage fraud that was going on, you know, the, the bus driver uh, building four primary residences at once using four different banks, you know, like, all that stuff has been gone. Yeah. And so all the mortgages we've written since basically 2009 are all, you know, your fixed rate mortgages, decent credit score. Yeah, you have some lower down payments in there, FHA mm-hmm. or VAs or whatever. But overall, like the mortgage industry, all the loans that have been written are super strong. Yeah. So like if that's a that's not going to be the reason anything crashes. Correct. So like that's a that was a huge part of the problem in, you know, when 2008 happened was the amount of bad mortgages. So you don't have that anymore. I kind of thought, like, just listening to you um, bring that up about current market, yeah. which we're filming this in, or uh, recording this in December. That's one thing we don't have. We okay. don't have the, the bad mortgages anymore. It's very strict strict guidelines Okay. for last, for over a decade now. I think a lot of people would like hearing that, you know, about they're worrying about, is this something that's going to affect my 401k or, you know, my pension that these mortgages that were invested in way back when, when that crash happened, it affected everybody. Even if you were even if you had owned your home back then, your value of your home dropped, your value of your investments dropped. I mean, it, it, it was it was a worldwide crisis. There's no doubt about it. And then I agree with you. I was sitting there talking to people back then about the type of mortgages they signed, the pick a payment loans. Yeah, pick a pay. Yep. Pick a payments. And people didn't know what they signed. They just signed it because that was something to get them to the better lifestyle that they wanted. 
Great. And Carl, Paper, we, we had paperwork people, be damned. Yeah, and we had people coming in to our office, <clears throat> and they would literally say, I want that 1% loan. And that was that pick and pay you're talking about, or a neg amp, negative, negative amortization. So they say, I want that 1% loan. We say, well, it's not really 1%. <laughs> it's really, you know, 1% is a payment option. But in reality, if you do the 1% loan, every remaining, all the remaining interest goes on top of your balance. Oh, don't worry. Uh, I'll sell it in no time and flip it and this and that. And oh, they would, boy. Yeah, they would demand that loan. And so, you know, buyers got a little greedy too back then. Oh, no doubt about it. There, yeah. was a lot, there was a lot of blame to go around to everybody. Yeah. And for our purposes, you know, for my purposes, trying to help people keep their homes, it was difficult. Very, very difficult, especially when the market crashed and people had negative equity of hundred, two hundred thousand dollars right. And you're like, why do you want to keep this? It's now is the time to walk away and start fresh at lower prices. Short sales. I, I'll, I'll think of I'll think of oh, one. Man. No, I'll think of one guy I'll never forget. He came down here from up north, bought his house, put down about four hundred grand on it. Literally, it was his dream home. Wound up filing bankruptcy thirteen. Walked away from it. Bought the house down the street, the same house for three hundred thousand cash out of his IRA, and made and made money. Because now it's probably worth a million. Yeah. And crazy. But, and I'll never forget him. And I hope he's him and his wife are doing well. They're wonderful people. But here's a guy who worked successfully his whole life, got caught in all the mix-up, and turned a, a, literally lemons into lemonade. And I thought that was brilliant. That's what the bankruptcy code is all about, and that's why I love it. But we're not here to talk about that today. We're here to talk about the mortgage market today, what you're seeing, and what you like about it. And if there's anything you don't like. Well, the so like if you're looking to buy a home today, there are some things you got to work. And I got a list of the, the five that Casey, okay. you know, had me write, which are they're all good stuff. But one of the things out there in the market, I would say probably there's two really going on. One is inventory. Okay. Um, it, you guys know inventory is so low, um, and demand is so high. Uh, we don't need to get into the reasons of why, and see you want to, of why people are coming to Florida. Sure. You know, the, there's a lot of things that have been happening. Uh, COVID, politically, whatever, but a lot of it has to do also with more and more people can work remote now. Yep. You know, and, and they can pick up and go wherever they want, not lose their income, and not live in, you know, let's use Manhattan for an example. Sure. You know, live there. They can live wherever they want. Mountains in North Georgia, the sun in Florida, or Texas, or wherever they want to go. And so, and their income's not affected. Yep. And so, they're moving to Florida, and inventory is lower. So, your buyers got to come in. When they're coming in, they're going to be patient. And they got to realize it's going to take a little bit of time yep. to find that house. Uh, the other thing we're seeing is appraisals. Yep. You know, when people are buying a home because it's a, you know just an escalating market. Is um, appraisal turn times are taking forever? Yeah. Taking a long, long time. There's an appraiser shortage. Oh my gosh. Yeah. By the way, so do you know about that? No, I didn't know. I that. had no idea. Yeah, the appraiser. <laughs> there's not enough appraisers. I know a home uh, inspector who's working his butt off. Yeah, but so what they did with uh, appraisers, though, that caused a lot of this was back during Dodd-Frank, like 08, 09, yeah. when that passed, um, they, it used to be an appraiser had four apprentices. I, I may be messing the law up a little bit here, but sure, it, it was like four, uh, four apprentices per appraiser, and they cut it down to like one. So they, haven't been able, they weren't able to train up enough appraisers, and now here you are in this market. Appraisers are taking like 14 days. Really? Yeah, sometimes three weeks. Um, but the other thing is the value is coming in. It may not hit that purchase price because it gets so purchase price gets pushed, 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 and the appraiser may come in and not hit that value. Because the buyer demand so high, they're willing to pay higher prices. Yeah, they're willing the, to pay it but for that house. For that house, for that loan. And lending wise, we lend on the lower of the two between the purchase price and the appraised value. Okay. And so if the appraiser comes in lower, you got to lend off of that, not the purchase price. So those are two things that kind of 
buyers have have to look out for right now in December. That's I'm going to interrupt you on that thing. So now we know the lending requirements tightened up mm -hmm. after the mortgage meltdown, everything. Did were there any new laws put in place for the um, appraisals to tighten up the appraisals? Yeah, actually, yes. I didn't know that. Well, the main one was that they. Um, they put a wall up in front of uh, the, the appraiser lender relationship. It used to be like, if you're the appraiser, I would just order straight from Carmen. Sure. Here's a contract, go do it. Right. right? Yeah. But now, Send it over, email, boom, done. Yeah, done. And now it's not. You got to order from a third party. You order from the third party as a lender. That third party then chooses the appraiser. The appraiser sends it back to the third party. All communication is done to the third party because they don't want the lender uh, supposedly strong arming. Colluding, you. yeah. Yeah, like, hey, if you don't hit our value, you're not getting more of our business. Right. Right. That never happened, of course. Of course back not. Back in the day. Of course not. <laughs> Ever. Ever. But that's one of the main laws. <laughs> Do we get in these top five? Yeah, no, no. Well, I just wanted to follow up on that. So oh, now, yeah. what about the home inspectors? Is that done third party too, or is that done as the no. buyer buy the buyer saying, "Hey, I want the best home inspector I can buy. Yeah. I can find." Yeah, buyers buyers choose that. They, yeah. uh, and by the way, if you're listening to this, you're looking to buy a home, get a home inspection. Mm, don't live without it. Oh my God! And the other thing is, we uh, new construction. If you're buying new construction, you still need to get a home inspection at the end because just because that house passed CO doesn't mean that the builder didn't I've seen a lot of houses pass CO and sometimes I wonder how they got there. Yeah. Yep. yep. So uh, I've learned I've got a friend who's a home inspector. I've learned a lot from him and I don't think I would I don't think I would do anything without a home inspector, maybe even two just in case because one might learn something and one might see something else. You never know. You know, I feel like we should keep this trend going. We should have him on the podcast next. It, it, yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, honestly, and it? an appraisal um, James Bell, Bell Home Inspections. Uh -huh. Right. The guy's reports are amazing. I've never seen a report like this. I mean, I've bought and sold a lot of homes, and I've hired a lot of home inspectors. I've never seen a report like this. Those guys have such great stories, too, because the stuff they walk into every <laughs> single time, you know? Are you? they, they got to be out of their freaking minds. They see all types of stuff. They see all the types of stuff. The horror stories. The horror stories. Oh, yeah. No, no, the horror. Oh, they horror. Walk, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I thought yeah. you said horror. I'm like, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go up in somebody's attic and crawl around and, you know. Yeah, they'll find, like, raccoons and stuff raccoons up there. Raccoons or snakes. Yeah. Don't forget to subscribe and like the show on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you listen.